Scripture says character is in the heart of the wise. Here's Pastor Xavier Reese with the simple truth. The heart of character is one who is compassionate towards others who are hurting. The heart of character is one who is considerate towards those who are greedy. The heart of character is one who is thinking of others. One man said, people may doubt what you say, but they will always believe what you do. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. It's been said that character is like the foundation of a house. It's below the surface. So when God saw David, it's no wonder he told Samuel. He was not looking at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. It was David's son Solomon that went on to include character in the top five list of ingredients for wisdom. Here's Pastor Xavier with today's Simple Truth study from Ecclesiastes chapter 7. Let's listen. The message is entitled, Practical Wisdom. Solomon, having concluded the man's claims about the things that bring about fulfillment and satisfaction in life were false, now turns to give some practical advice regarding morality and virtue that will prove and make man wise during his brief life in this world. Now, morality and virtue is commendable, but apart from Christ, it is worthless to bring satisfaction or fulfillment, let alone to merit his presence before God. We need to understand that. And probably this is one of the hardest things that people have to deal with when you deal with them in the gospel of Jesus Christ. That good moral people, if they die without Christ, they go to hell. Whoa, that is hard for people to handle. So morality and virtue in and of itself is commendable. It will benefit lives. It will benefit society. But... That's as good as it's going to get after you die. Okay? So we need to understand the context and where Solomon is coming from, lest we take it out of context as many people do the things of Ecclesiastes. In fact, morality and virtue will cause a person to think himself or herself above others and live a life of self-righteousness, which is a life of a Pharisee then you become the standard. And wherever you are in your spiritual walk, that becomes the standard of the church in heaven because wisdom resides with you. That's the problem with morality and virtue. Nothing wrong in and of itself. The problem is how we view it and what we do with it. There are five things Solomon is going to give to us here that Solomon says makes a man wise. Now, there are more, but we're going to take these five in verses 1 through 14. The first being uh, character. Character is wisdom, verse 1 through 4. Secondly, humility is wisdom, verse 5 through 7. Thirdly, patience is wisdom, verse 8 through 10. Fourthly, priceless is wisdom, verse 11 through 12. 
And then fifth and last, God's work is wisdom. Verse 13 and 14. And we'll give you those as we go along one by one. Let me read the text for us. Verse 1 through 14, chapter 7. A good name is better than precious ointment, and the day of death than the day of one's birth. It is better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting, for that is the end of all men, and the living will take it to heart. Sorrow is better than laughter, for by a sad countenance the heart is made better. The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in the house of mirth. It is better to hear the rebuke of the wise than for a man to hear the song of fools. For like the crackling of thorns under a pot, so is the laughter of the fool. This also is vanity. Surely oppression destroys a wise man's reason, and a bribe debases the heart. The end of a thing is better than its beginning, and the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. Do not... Hasten in your spirit to be angry, for anger rests in the bosom of fools. Do not say, why were the former days better than these? For you do not inquire wisely concerning this. Wisdom is good with an inheritance and profitable to those who see the sun. For wisdom is a defense as money is a defense, but the excellence of knowledge is that wisdom gives life to those who have it. Consider the work of God. For who can make straight what he has made crooked? In the day of prosperity, be joyful. But in the day of adversity, consider. Surely God has appointed the one as well as the other, so that man cannot find nothing that will happen after him. The first of the five things that Solomon gives to us that make a man wise is character. Character is wisdom. Solomon teaches us these five things through various proverbs, which are in fact answers to the question at the end of chapter 6, verse 12. So when you come to the end of chapter 6, it says, For who knows what is good for man in life? All the days of his vain life, which he passes like a shadow. Who can tell a man? what will happen after him under the sun. Then he goes on to tell us what is good for man in his vain life and brief life. So what we're going to cover here are, in fact, an answer to the question at the end of chapter 6. The wisdom that Solomon is talking about here is natural wisdom regarding morality and virtue, not the wisdom of God that is available to the believer through the life of the Spirit. So we need to understand that, okay? Um, Solomon's uh, endeavor and pursuit is in search through natural wisdom as what two men say fulfills life and brings satisfaction. And he's been going one by one and checking them off. And he's done pleasure. He's done science. We've gone through the Holy. He now comes to uh, morality, virtue. So the first is character. Character is wisdom. Verse 1 through 4. Notice first in verse 1. Character is knowing that a good name is better than precious ointment, and the day of death better than the day of one's birth. Now notice the first part of the proverb has three possibilities. First, it could mean character versus reputation. Secondly, it could mean character versus wealth or luxury. Thirdly, 
It could mean character versus expensive ointment at one's funeral or the lack of the expensive ointment. Whichever you want to accept, the contrast is unmistakable. Character is who you really are in contrast to mere outward formality and pretense. It's certainly much better that you have character than to just be concerned with having a lavish funeral. It's much better to have character through life and only afford cheap ointment. Doesn't matter. So character is the key here to that which many times and often people want to present a reputation. Reputation is concerned with who people think you are. Characters has to do with who you are and who God knows you are. Reputation has to do with outward formality. Character has to do with inward virtue. Notice the second part of the proverb complements the virtue of character. The day of death is better than the day of birth. Now, <laughs> the proverb alone by itself would be a bit strange and would be sort of pessimistic as a statement, right? This is where you have to be careful when you go through Scripture. Make sure you take it in its context and how it's written. And so often people take things out of Ecclesiastes, out of context, and, and they make it to say things that Solomon never intended it to say. Uh, now, such a statement, I would say, well, no, it's better to be born. But in the context and how it's comparing in that, it's a very appropriate statement. The proverb, as a complement to the first, teaches that the day of death is the end of any opportunity to ruin your character. It's a very positive statement. You go through life and you, you're, and, and you try to live right and you're concerned with character and what is right. But when you die, the, it, the, the struggle's over, right? <laughs> Nobody's going to come and bribe you while you're in your coffin, right? It's over with. So now in the context, it's a very appropriate proverb as you compare it. Notice secondly in verse 2, character is to know that to go to the house of mourning is better than to go to the house of feasting. For that is the end of all men, and the living will take it to heart. The proverb is, again, a contrast between mourning and feasting. Mourning causes one to think, to contemplate, though emotions are involved. We're emotional beings. God has made us that way. Feasting causes one to not think because one is being carried away by one's emotional feelings. Have you experienced by your own life that when morning comes, you, you think, you ask questions, you reflect, you consider? H have any of you... Been feasting, laughing. Ah, why am I laughing? You don't, you don't think, why am I laughing? <laughs> or you don't ask questions, right? You don't reflect. You don't contemplate. If you consider it, it adds up to nothing, right? Now, not that laughing is wrong in and of itself. You understand? We're looking at the context, okay? Now, notice the reason is given to us for the proverb. We're not left to our own speculation. The individual will realize that death is the end of all men. The individual will take it to heart that he too will one day die. Death is the rule of life, while feasting 
is the exception. Have you found that out to be true? Death is the way and rule of life. Feasting, it's the exception. When I was um, at my dad's bedside during his illness and at his death, it made me very aware that in just 27 years, I would be exactly his age. Now, I was 44 at the time. At that point, 27 years don't seem like a whole bunch. (laughs) And it really just, I think, did something for my life that would not have come about any other way, even as a Christian. The result is to shape character. He will value and appreciate life as he contemplates. He will think on how to live. He will think on life after death and accountability towards God. Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted, referring to their spiritual bankruptcy. Now, Solomon is not talking about this, but Jesus talks about that in application to us as Christians. All of this is good for life. We reflect. We can become better citizens here on earth. We can become better parents. We can become better husbands, wives. But if we miss the reflection on eternity and the poverty of our spirit to enter heaven and we die without Christ, then we enter eternity in separation from God. That is the greater lesson. You find that in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 4. Now notice thirdly in verse 3, character is to know that sorrow is better than laughter. Now he's not repeating himself. He says, for by a sad countenance, the heart is made better or well. The proverb once again contrasts two things. Sorrow is grief or vexation, which is brought about by one's own doing or another person's doing. The pain regret do more for shaping one's character than 10,000 hours of laughter. Is laughter wrong? No. But in the context of the proverb, it is very accurate and very appropriate. The outcome is once again that of character. For by a sad countenance, the heart is made better or well. For the heart is who we really are in life. Proverbs 4.23 says, Guard your heart, for out of it comes forth the issues of life. And you know that your heart is evil and desperately wicked, Jeremiah 79 says. So we need that new heart, the flesh, that can be touched and filled and directed by God's Spirit. And I have to guard it because the old man's ever-present. Sin nature's there. And I have to guard my heart very, very carefully. My heart is to be ruled by God's Spirit and God's Word. Not by my feelings, not by my emotion, not by my human reason. I do not throw out human reason. I just never allow human reason to violate the truth of God's word. Very important. Notice fourthly in verse 4. Character is evident when the heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in the house of myrrh or rejoicing. Verse 4. The contrast again is repeated. The proverb is not condemning joy again. 
or gladness or happiness. The proverb is condemning the fool who is concerned only with himself and having a good time in this brief and short life. That is the context, remember? The proverb is teaching on what is good for man all the vain days of his life, focusing on the shaping of character for life. These answers have to be put in the backdrop of the question of the end of chapter 6 for them to be in their context and have the proper meaning. The heart of character is one who is compassionate towards others who are hurting. The heart of character is one who is considerate towards those who are grieving. The heart of character is one who is thinking of others. Proverbs 22, 1 says, A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, loving favor rather than silver and gold. One of the tragic commentaries on our modern-day society, particularly here in America, is that we have um, learned very well to love things and to use people rather than to love people and use things. All you have to do is listen. Listen to the TV programs. Listen to the movies. Read the newspaper. Read the top-selling books. And I'll tell you, we are um, a society that is so caught up with self and so interested in our own pleasure, our own benefit. It's um, almost like rats. When they become overpopular, they start eating one another and killing one another. One man said, people may doubt what you say, but they will always believe what you do. Remember that. People may doubt what you say, but they will always believe what you do. Character is good as evidence of practical wisdom, but it does not mean that you know God. Secondly, Solomon says humility is wisdom, verse 5 through 7. In verse 5, humility is knowing that it is better to hear the rebuke of the wise than for a man to hear a song of fools. The proverb again contrasts two things to make the point. The choice is between heeding rebuke or heeding flattery. The refusal to receive a rebuke from a wise man would be based on pride, not humility. The refusal would also prove one to be unwise by not respecting the advice of the wise man. Notice the choice of hearing fools is a contrast. And it's illustrated by a simile. He says, For like the crackling of thorns under a pod, so is the laughter of the fool. This also is vanity. The picture is of dried thorns that are gathered to put in the fire under the pod. And man, they pop and they light and whoa, but boom, they're gone. So is a song of fools. 
Now you throw some oak in there. It's going to burn hot. Two, three, four hours. You throw a brush in there. You remember when you were little? You had a fireplace? Christmas is over? If you go, ah, why throw the thing out? Let's put it in the fireplace. Whoa. Big flash, but it's gone quick, right? This is the picture. The application is clear. The benefit is not lasting nor beneficial, though it catches one's ear. You see, flattery entertains a person. Have you ever seen a person who's talking to another one? And all of a sudden, that other person be begins to flatter them, and they, their, their whole countenance changes. That just, oh, yeah. I mean, we are weird, aren't we? Even their posture, you know, just kind of just rise up, you know? Flattery as a choice makes one a fool over rebuke. Flattery promotes pride in a person, not humility. Proverbs 27, 5 and 6 says, Open rebuke is better than love carefully concealed. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of the enemy are deceitful. Do you have faithful friends that can confront you when you're off the wall? Do you count on them? Or are you too proud? Do you listen to the song of fools? Notice secondly in verse 7 that humility is knowing that oppression destroys a wise man's reason and a bribe debases the heart. Now, at first, it would seem like this proverb is out of, doesn't even make sense. But notice the first part of the proverb shows that pride thinks it can master and endure anything. Yet man is weak and vulnerable. Pride, oppression on an ongoing basis takes a toll in a person. No one knows us better than prisoners of war. Oppression deteriorates hope. No one knows us better than prisoners of war. That's why they isolate them. So they feed them only the information. They can't verify it, and their hope wanes. We're not as strong as we think we are. We're very weak, very vulnerable. Notice the second part of the proverb. Shows that pride leads one to greed. A bribe destroys the heart, which is the seat of emotion, passion, and thinking, and acting out of character. That's where you act out who you really are. In your heart, the acceptance of a bribe destroys one's ability to be a person of character or humility. Proverbs 17, 23 says, A wicked man accepts a bribe behind the back to pervert the ways of justice. One day, two men went to pray, a Pharisee and a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. While the tax collector did not even look up to heaven, he just smote himself on the breast and says, Lord, be propitious to me, a sinner. Jesus said, this man prayed to himself. This man walked away justified. Luke 18, 11. Hmm. Humility is good as evidence of practical wisdom, but it does not mean that you know God.
Pastor Xavier Reese, describing just what it is that makes a man wise, in the words of King Solomon, drawn from Ecclesiastes chapter 7. And we've been listening to another message in our series of Ecclesiastes titled, Practical Wisdom. There's much more to come next time, but if you'd like to receive a copy for more in-depth personal study at your own pace, we can provide that on CD. We just ask that you send along $4 to help cover the costs. The title once again is Practical Wisdom. You can request yours by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station however you get in touch. This is helpful information as we monitor the impact of our radio ministry. At the top of the ladder of success, how many have asked, is that all there is? More practical wisdom on the next Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com